Hello, I'm Steve Turton. This is my Conversations with the Pope podcast. Okay, so this one took some graft to get together today. Between shite mics, random visitors to the house mid-recording, and an intruding dog, the fifth episode took a little effort, and probably a lot of Pope's soul. He seemed a bit aggro from the off, Popey, but he, he still managed a solid near 90 minutes, covering everything from the last dance to a potential head-to-head with ex-Everton striker Kevin Campbell. We get stuck into some solid horse racing talk. We do some political commentary, and Popey shares his thoughts on our underwhelming social media presence as well as a quite worrying and potentially upsetting view on Colonel Tom Moore. There's a few shout-outs throughout the show. If you want to get involved in future episodes, just give us a nudge on the Instagram page at myconvoswiththepope. And if you are enjoying our weird weekly rants on sports and gambling subjects, remember to subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers as always for listening. I'd rather be in we right now. Uh, <laughs> you What's going on here? Are we getting started or, or what? Yeah, let's let's start. Come on. Hiya, Paul. Hey, mate. You sound a little bit dishevelled before we even start here, lad. You okay? Yeah, just a number of things, really. Just need to address is obviously your time management or lack of. You're meant to be on at 11 to 10 past now, so... Maybe that's something you could look at for uh, future episodes, please. I can't help it if you want to take 10 minutes with a delinquent brother of mine before we... Uh, oh, really? Have so you been ready to go, have you? I've, been, I've been ready. I've been up, I've been out, I've been at them. I've walked the dog. Okay. I've, me- I've meditated. Uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm in the zone here. So oh. what's your excuse for not answering your phone or returning me calling? I was struggling with that stupid mic, to be honest with you. Oh, mate, honestly, well, that's, that's another bone of contention, really. Just this microphone that you very kindly bought for me. Only thing I've got to show for me uh, hard work and efforts about five weeks in now, but we'll save that for another time. I'm struggling with it, you know. I've, I've tried to connect it. it. It seemed as though it was working earlier on. And then I've gone on to Zoom and it's, I don't know, it's just completely failed. Like, so I think back in the box it goes and it's it's going to continue to be used as a doorstop around the house, really. <laughs> I get you a nice gift. I'm trying to bring your audio up, and it's it's used as a doorstop. Well, yeah, a conversation piece on it and a doorstop, really. Yeah, I can't get like... mine working, lad. To be honest with you, it, it, it's not connecting. I've got like the new one Mac, so it won't go in. I, I, I've snapped the end of it. If I'm going to be honest, and I'm just going to have to send it back to Amazon and say it <laughs> say it came. We like still this. talking about the mic here. Snap the end of it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's not working. Did you think it was referring? Okay. Think it was referring to something else. <laughs> to be honest with you, lad, the audio is not that bad. Honestly, the feedback seems all right. Um, excuse the excuse the line, the expression, the feedback, but it seems mm. it seems okay. I've listened to a couple lad over the last couple of weeks. Russell Brand and Ricky Gervais. It, I had to turn it off after five minutes. It was terrible. Was that more so because the not the nonsense that they were both chatting like, or the sound quality? It was more the sound quality. Didn't quite get into the nonsense, luckily enough. I thought you were a massive... Gervais is your boy, isn't he? 
No, hang on a minute. Oh, it's, no. it's, it's, yeah. So uh, David Brent's probably my favourite TV character of all time. But I just can't buy into Ricky Gervais, the man, really. Just just as I say, the, 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 the part of, of David Brent's massive fan. But yeah, Ricky Gervais, yeah. Just never really got into his stand-up. Or, which is a bit of a mad one, really. For the fact that, obviously, I've got so much of an admiration for Brent's. But not Gervais. Is it, it's not lost on me how fucking back to front that is. Like, but, That's mad, yeah. That is, that's interesting. Maybe the American offices for you. Maybe that's where you should have should have added to, really. Get the office without no, Gervais. No, there's loyalty to, to the actual office. Um, and, and obviously Brent's and the likes. It's, uh, I'd, I'd never stray over to the American office, to be honest with you. That's interesting that I thought you were a Gervais man. Weird that. Do you know what, Stay, I'm, I'm literally, I've, I've it's a tough start to the day today. I'm not really feeling like being up since half five. Oh, kids? You know. Yeah, just not good. Like, they've always been good sleepers sleeping through, but... I was just awoke, awoke on this morning to, to what sounded like a screaming banshee in the house and was just like, what well, the disorientated, like what's going on? Anyway, it was our villain just completely losing the plot in his cot. Oh, uh, and then trying to get him in our bed, he was having none of it, he was screaming, but I've never heard a, a scream like it. So I just had to go downstairs, get up with him in the end. And then what's not helping as well? Ah, uh, Louis coming into our room like two or three times a night. Jesus Christ, lad! No, you don't need that, do you at all? Why? Why do you think he's a little bit disrupted with the with the situation with being in all the time? Do you think it's getting to him a bit? No, well, that's exactly what it is. He's developed a, developed an obsession for zombies, which is a bit worrying considering he's only turned four. <laughs> Baby Gronk, he's got a taste for Baby Gronk. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be goth, isn't he? Little goth boy. Madness. There's some kids source of program on Netflix. Can't even remember the name of it. And he's obsessed with it. There's, there's a quite a zombie orientated, to be honest with you. And yeah, then he's always like his imagination, his role plays. Just honestly, his nursery skill teachers always mention it. So he's always like, "My mummy plays zombies with me," and I think that's part of it, to be honest with you. So we're uh, we're having a total ban on zombies in the house. I'd keep an eye on it. Like you don't want him ending up like Vito Junior, do you? <laughs> I could maybe have the fiddly attire, don't talk with him if you think it's necessary at this stage. For those, for, for, for those people listening to the podcast who aren't aware of The Sopranos, so first of all, shame on you. Yeah, you give, your head, give your head a shake. Do you just want to give a little bit of a backstory as to who Vito Jr. is and probably his most uh, memorable moment within the show? You know, I didn't come out here just to buy you a couple of Sundays. It's a silo. I don't give a fuck what it is. What the hell's wrong with you? Look like a Puerto Rican whore. Make me sick. So? What's it got to do with you? Listen, Pally. You need to be rebellious. I raise kids. I get it. Good for you. You want to smack, too? You ever think what this is doing to your mother? What she's been through? How you're upsetting her? She's just embarrassed. She cries for you. I'm going to say this because you're old enough to understand. Your family's had enough shame. You should set things right. You understand me? No. Jesus Christ, be a man. Be the kind of man she needs, strong, masculine. I said my piece. Finish that thing. There's no eating in the car. 
Are we becoming a bit of a one-trick pony on that front? Is it too soprano is heavy for people who uh, who aren't common and familiar with the show? No, you can never have too much sopranos, can you? Let's be honest. How are you anyway? I'm alright, mate. Do you know what? I'm a bit brighter this week, lad. I was a bit flat the last time we spoke, possibly because there's been no weed and no back injuries involved this week. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been alright. It was Johnny's birthday on Monday. He got stuck right in, man. Sorry, before we get into Peggy's birthday, a little bit of a role reversal this week, really, because I, I think I'm the one who's a little bit groggy, a little bit, bit jaded, and yeah, you, you sound a bit more upbeat. So yeah, nice nice uh, role reversal there anyway. But sorry, go on, Johnny's birthday this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a good one. Yeah, it was good, lad. It was good. It was, you know, it's, it's what it is, isn't it? But we got the guitar out. I was butchering a few tunes in the garden. It started quite mellow, yeah. and then he, he started levering the sangria. My man had done a sangria for him. And uh, next thing he's hitting, okay. he's hitting full notes. Be and now the lads ripping through it. Play that again. Nice. Just play it again, lad. No, I'm not asked. Just play, play that again. Play Stand by Me again. So yeah, I'm sure the neighbours were there. <laughs> what a tune! Well, if you're gonna play a tune again, it's gotta be Stand by Me. Well, they're not songs. They're not songs you can kind of like go half after that, Addy. You know, Oasis and um, the Coral. You've kind of got to get stuck in to their main ones and. And he was, he was ripping right through it, like, yeah. in fairness to him. He was having a good birthday sing-along. So it was nice <clears> we could do that for him, lad, to be honest with you, it was. And then we settled down for the, the Last Dance, lad, two episodes of The Last Dance on Monday, which, yeah, you, know, you can't get better than that, can you, at the moment? So did you join in the festivities with your John, then? I didn't, lad, you no, didn't? no. I had a bottle of Bud, <laughs> to your disgust and disdain, I'd imagine. Wow, OK. Yeah, bottle of Bud. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That was it, but he went he went full cam like he went full chronic ale merchants and just was ploughing ploughing through the sangria and the bottles, had the ciggies out. Yeah, he was getting he was, it was it was nineteen ninety six all over again for Johnny in the garden there for a for a couple of hours. I don't know the next bit. Sounds like an absolute laugh riot for you, Peggy, there for his birthday. Fucking hell. In lockdown with his tea salt brother. <laughs> Listen, I managed to. Solidarity, the... I'm... <laughs> I managed the bottle and I played all his tunes for him. What more? It was very much a Nolan. <laughs> it was very much a Nolan Liam setup. <laughs> very good. Soon as the good. set, soon as the set finished, I was out of there. It was like Nebworth all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less cocaine, like, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please so, refrain from uh, drug references on the pod, please. Mate's got family members listening. To I know you have. I know you have. But you know. Uh, we're warts and all, aren't we? It's the only way to be. I think if you're going to do something, if you're going to do a broadcast, you've got to get, you've got to get stuck right in, wouldn't you say? I think so. Yeah, Sullivan. Do you think we're getting warts and all with the last dance with Jordan lad, or I've become aware that it's his production company having a a lot to say, and uh, he has the final sign off, as you'd imagine, in the production. What are you making of? I'm sensing by your tone here that you you sort of your opinion on Jordan's changed after the, the last couple of episodes. Would it be right in saying that? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I can't think of anyone better to go to the casino with 
have a little gamble, watch some sport, a sports book, have a baby. He loves it. He oh. absolutely loves it, doesn't he? Has he got a problem though, lad? This is an this is an interesting pivot, isn't it? That he's got a, a competition problem rather than a gamble. Oh, that was brilliant. I love that. Well, that, that was actually something I made an old on prior to uh, our chat today. Yeah. Before game one, and Mike goes, "Hey, man, can you go get a camera? I want to do this interview. By they're gonna talk about my gambling, man. I'm sick of all this stuff, man. Let's just get it done right now." I went, "Okay." Do you have a gambling problem? No, I, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. If I had a problem, I'd be starving. I'd be hawking this watch. My championship rings, I would sell my house. I would do this. My wife would left me or she'd be starving. My kids would be starving. I do not have a problem. I, I enjoy gambling. What you make of that? Problem brilliance. Love that. I mean, it doesn't help that he's addressing that issue. Dressed like a 5am poker player with fucking sunglasses on, does it? <laughs> he looks like he's deep into a chase, deep into an executive game there, the five bells. I see that as a bit of a bit of a tactical ploy on his, his behalf, really, just to with the big two fingers up to the uh, to the media and everything else. But maybe Possibly, like, I don't know if he was just I, I don't know if he was just he'd been at the blunts again and he was hiding them bloodshot eyes. I'm, I'm not too <laughs> sure, really. I think it might have been an uh, it might have been necessary a necessary move, really. But I mean, lad, what was the what was like world sports main man doing hanging out with Slim Boulder and fucking Richard Esquinas, is it Esquinas? Jesus Christ, lad! Like that just doesn't happen nowadays, does it? The way sports manage with agents and whatnot and PR, there's no way Jordan's knocking about with Slim Boulder. <laughs> but that's that. That's what makes the sort of sports stars of yesteryear more more appealing to me. Yeah, more of, more of an edge to them. Whereas nowadays, everyone's just sort of too, too PC, too by, by the book, really, aren't they? I think in America, we still we still get it, lad. I think we still get personality in America by the bucket load, like. But uh, like even Char- Charles Barkley, who says that in a press conference? Pof. Where they said about... Oh, uh, they asked take the question, stuff down. Yeah, take that shit off your windows. Won't be needing that tonight. That's, lad, that's... Who it says that? That's, that's what you want. I know. I know. As a consumer, that's that that that's that's what you want. That's what you're paying to see. That's what you're paying your subscription fees for. Or you go into to the games to, to watch. You need characters like that to make to make sport more endearing, really, rather than just having a sport full of Michael Owens. Or do you know what I mean? It's it's for me. That's that's part of the appeal with with sports. But I tell you what, lad, we were discussing last week some of the more sort of peripheral characters around the shop. Yeah, it's a couple of absolute gems for me, lad. Over the last couple of episodes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I, I know what you're talking about right away. We'll come on to him, lad, because we've obviously got the same line of thinking there. But the first one, sorry, do you remember the... Uh, he didn't give him much airtime, and I'm hoping that as the series progresses, he'll be revealed as one of Jordan's Vegas gambling buddies. But did you get on to the Nike exec, Howard White, Howie White? Yeah, yeah, seeing Howie White, yeah. What a character he is, lad. Yeah, yeah, he is, like, he's a big one. 50 for a rookie? Get out of here, man. He's a man you want in your corner, isn't he? Loved him. I, I just I, I could indulge on as, as much Howie White as uh, the last dance, last dance wants to give me, to be honest with you. Well, for me, I, I hope who you're referring to before Howie White is the same guy I'm thinking of, which is, I've done a bit of reading into him, and it's John Michael Wozniak. Um, the security guard he's playing jingles with. <laughs> Obviously, lad, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Dynamite tile, Sally. <laughs> lad I'm telling you I'm telling you now if they turn round to me and said look 
we're not going to finish this Last Dance documentary. We're going to take it off the air, but we're going to swap it with a John Michael Wozniak documentary instead. <laughs> Give me 10 episodes of him, of the Bull Security Guard. <laughs> What's he about, lad? I've never seen a more strange-looking individual of you. Come on, lad. That's mad. He's incredible. He's in- He's incredible. Sharp as a tack as well. If you read it when Jordan says, your shit rolls, he's saying about his, uh, about his coins, he's got a roll on it. And he just turns around and goes, yeah, yours roll right into my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Lad, we, we seen him sort of in the background in one of the first episodes and I was thinking, who's this? I didn't clock him, lad. That was the first I, I, I'd seen of him. Was he was he knocking around, was he, early doors? He was knocking around, yeah. He, wasn't get, he was sort of in the background, really, rather than having a sort of... A leading role type of thing, but obviously we, we, he got his uh, he got his moments in the limelight and rightly so. Lad. Is, is bear in mind this is footage from nineteen ninety eight. Is he still going like and is he is no. he still rock uh, the Rudy Volumulus and was he? No, he's dead, lad. The Athletic. I think <sighs> I think I'm gonna have to sign up to the Athletic. You know, they've done an article on him by all accounts saying I think the title's something along the lines of um, John Michael Wozniak was a brand before he even met Michael Jordan or before Michael Jordan was a brand. So he must yeah. be a huge, huge character. I wouldn't be surprised if they do spin something out on him, Netflix. People will be... They've got to. They've simply got to, lad. I mean, we need more of them at the end of the day. But yeah, that was my source of... Oh, I, I, as soon as I seen him, lad, I just thought, that's a Napoleon Dynamite. I'll fell that without a doubt. It's got very much a, a look of the Napoleon Dynamite about him. Like, Can we get a fact, petition? Can we get a petition going? That was based on him. Yeah, possibly. He could be the Napoleon Dynamite blueprint, couldn't he? Incredible, Olaf. Like, like you said, we need we need more of him. Speaking of blueprints, I found it weird that, that Naz just turned up for like two seconds. He gave like a two-second talk and had, um, I was reading that Jordan, and this hasn't been, I don't think this will be addressed in the documentary, I was reading that Jordan doesn't like rap. What do you, what do you, do you make of that carry-on like? It's a bit of a turn-up for the books, isn't it? You'd expect, yeah, you'd expect so, but I suppose if he's got any sense or if he's got any taste at least, then he'll be listening to Elton John. Do you, that, do you reckon that's what's on his... Uh, that was in the Bulls locker room during, during those I years? Think, I'd like to think so, yeah, yeah, without a doubt, yeah, because he, he, he's the man, isn't he, MJ? So uh, I'm guessing he's, he's, he's sort of got control of what's played in the dressing room, so it wouldn't surprise me if a uh, bit of Benny and the Jets would be uh, rocking in there like from time to time. I was I was thinking more like Miles Davis, maybe, possibly a little, little bit of Ray Charles. No, you reckon Elton? It's definitely Elton in the Bulls. The I'll go with Elton, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I'd like, well, I'd at least like to think so, yeah. If he's the guy I think he is, then yeah, it'd be uh, Elton John playing more so than anything else, like, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still not happy that me man's not getting virtually any credit as well, Jerry Krause. He's just, they're giving him nothing, are they still? Well, that, that, that would fit in with obviously what you're saying there. If it's Jordan's production company, then, then, then obviously he's not going to get any credit, is he? Let's be honest. And rightly so in my eyes as well. No, no, he's crying out for it, lad. It, I mean, Jordan's got this mocking tone about him, even when he's talking about uh, the Croatian lad, Tony Kukoc, was it? Yeah. Going on about, and the Suns fella, going on about how much Jerry admires these fellas and was vocal. Do you not think a little bit of credit for his... It's possibly like motivational reverse psychology he's going for here, Jerry. Have you seen how much Jordan wants to beat these guys who Jerry Krause likes and raves about? The one thing I would say, and I'd say it from Jerry Reinsdorf on down, this is a great organization. 
this organization is special. From Jerry, Jerry, it starts with Jerry, and it goes down all the way to Joe Lee, my, our clubhouse guy who's been here 25 years. It's an organization thing, and that's what it's all about. The team is a great team, but the organization is one of the all-time great, if not the greatest organization ever. That's what I'm so much proud of. Okay, so you think that was all engineered then from within? I think so, lad. I think he's massively, massively underrated credit-wise. Honestly, I know, I think I said calling him the MVP was probably a bit of a reach. A couple of just a bit like yeah, yeah. The statements are essentially. Was it the last? Was it the last episode? But lad, I, I don't know. You know, I, I reckon he he deserves a lot of credit. Like six six championships, fucking hell. You know. No, I think his legacy more so will be remembered for the demise of the Bulls rather than the uh, the success of the Bulls in the nineties. I don't know. I don't know. You can have one without He's the other. Just on the, on the source of the business side, obviously up to now. During the documentary, he'd been focusing on his success on the court. Like, but obviously, he touched on a little bit more, didn't he, about his relationship with Nike and how that came about. Mm. That's when we were introduced to uh, to Howie White, the uh, the Nike executive. Did you hear what your boy Wilbon was saying about sort of the, the, the figures and the return on investment that Nike were looking for? That's just what, it. Yeah, it's what, just, wow. I've never heard anything like that. So basically, they were looking for a return on their investments of $3 million a year yeah. by the end of third year from releasing the Air Jordans. And after the first year alone, they got $126 million. <laughs> How mad is that? How mad? I could have spent an hour, lad. I could have spent an hour talking about Jerry Seinfeld in, me, um, in the locker room as well, but... Oh, and always one of your boys, Seinfeld. I've never actually got into Seinfeld, you know. Oh, lad, I think you should, you know. It's something needs to go back to, Lee. It's all on Channel 4. I mean, you might feel a bit of it's dated, but I don't know, lad. It was cutting edge. Even back then, it was, without being too blue, it was covering, like, masturbation contests and birth control for women and that, but doing it in a in a kind of sanitised way without being too explicit. It really is. Uh, it's a cut above. And he's got a new Netflix on as well, new stand-up special, lad, so that's worth checking out, you know. Tell you what, mate, you can tell you've been in lockdown for eight weeks, all the masturbation and everything else. <laughs> Don't start me, lad. Been about 11... Been a bit lonely, are we? About 11 weeks since I've seen me, missus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank God for modern technology, eh? Hey, did you pick up on something? This is this is more something a little bit more obscure than most everyone might not have picked up on. But I think it was episode five... Did you see Jordan taking a free throw with his eyes closed? Yeah, it was outrageous. And nothing was made of it, was it? No, exactly, which I liked, though. It was just sort of, there you go, yeah, it was. It, he didn't sort of elaborate on it. So I'm guessing it's something he'd probably done more than once. But that got me thinking. I thought, OK, that's a showboat, but what, what, what would you probably class as the ultimate sports showboat? And for me, that was nothing on the A.D. Lewis flying 180. Oh, in the wow. Championship a few years ago, lad. What was all that about? Incredible. Well, Manley was hitting 180s for fun. Here's another one of the uh, the many he got. But when your opponent's doing that, well, why don't you turn on the star, Adrian Lewis? Brilliant, brilliant moment. Reminded me of Eric Bristow. I used to work with Eric a lot in exhibitions. And he'd actually release the dart and tell you what the final score was before that dart had reached the board. And invariably he was right. And 
Adrian Lewis knew instinctively, having struck two treble twenties, that that third dart was going exactly where the other two had gone and that he was going to hit a 180. Well, he's a great, great character and a breath of fresh air to the game, isn't he? It seems quite a, quite strange to compare the athleticism of Adrian Lewis, Stokes Adrian Lewis, to Michael Jordan. <laughs> but I see what you've done. I'm on 80 for me. That was the ultimate sports uh, show. But wait, but what's happened to Jackpot, actually, on the on the subject of uh, A.D. Lewis, two-time world champ? He's fine. Throws a J and then fucking what's happened to him? Then he's an absolute mess. He's gone off the right. deep end, two yeah. People. He's not been competitive for a, for a while. Don't get me wrong, he can still rattle off. Six what 180s in, in no time, can he, you know? But, yeah, I don't think he's got... I think his bottle's gone a bit, to be honest with you. I do. Probably a bit of a piss-head looking at him as well. Doesn't look healthy. Probably got some sort of underlying health condition, whether it be diabetes or some sort of heart condition. He just doesn't look like a well man. Whenever I see him, I think he needs to... Uh, lose some beef. Yeah, nothing wrong, with, nothing wrong with that in that game, though. I think that's, that's a prerequisite, is it not, for... Joining the tour. Yeah, actually, remember Andy Fordham, the uh, the Viking, he lost space and then his game fell to pieces. Oh, absolutely, I think keep the pounds on. Phil Taylor a bit as well. Remember, he got into like that fitness routine. Well, it's comical or when it referred to that, like using fitness routine <laughs> in the same sentence as Phil Taylor or Andy Fordham. Or... Should, should we shift it on to racing? Uh, uh, May 15th, looks like racing could be coming back to Lingfield and, and whatnot. You're excited as a, as a, as a GG guy? As a William Hill shareholder, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, um, there is that, there is that. I'm just, I'm constantly finding lot and filling me time, just, just looking on the internet when, when, when certain sports are coming back. Mm. Me business interest in mind more so than anything. Obviously, as a punter and a, and, a, and, a, and a sort of casual sports fan that I am as well, obviously. I think it's good, I think it's a necessity. We need to get sport back, and I think the government's, been aware of this now, and obviously the culture secretary's touched on it as well. It's just going to give give everyone a bit of a lift, really, isn't it? Mm. Because we, but don't forget, we've been in lockdown with no sports. Literally, what are you meant to do? Like, do you know what I mean? I think by bringing sport back, whether it's football, horse racing, or whatever, I think it'll just naturally give the country a little bit of a much needed lift. To be honest with you, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, for Ascot to be on is. It's two to one into five to four over the weekend. I don't know if it's shifted anymore. So it looks like you might be getting Ascot June 16th. Definitely. I, I mean, Matt Hancock, um, he was saying, he mentioned footy. And I noticed that he just threw in horse racing out the blue. I think he's a little secret degenerate or what? Oh, Matt Hancock. Do you reckon he's, <laughs> he's up late at night <laughs> chasing on uh, Steeple Downs, Churchill Downs in America? Well, he'd certainly become more relatable to me if he was, like, yeah. <laughs> we've Finally, had, a politician I can get on board with. We've had, uh, a, we've had a few nights as younger men, haven't we, on the uh, on the All American racing after a, a few too many buds? Well, the cartoon racing, yeah. Lost a few quid there in your ma's living room, yeah. Dull <laughs> days, the glory years, yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesse's got a fever and all that. I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, I, I think horse racing's easier, obviously, because with, with, with football and all that, the players need to get back and train and build the fitness levels up. So that's probably going to take a month or so. So I think horse racing's going to be a lot easier. And let's obviously reintroduce the horse racing in France on Monday. And I don't think the UK will be too far behind it, to be honest with you. So obviously I'm looking forward to that. Um, football, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of standing by my stance that I've, I've kept for a few weeks now that I, I just can't see the Premier League resuming. Really? I think there's many barriers. I think each passing day, there's, there seems to be another club or another player coming out and sort of against the idea. 
and, and all the while that's only gathering momentum you see which is obviously working against the potential restarts mm. uh, I just I, I don't know I know obviously Germany's restarting in a, in a couple of weeks I just can't see the Premier League restarting which if it doesn't it, it's fine by me obviously I mentioned a few weeks ago that the ideal scenario for me to Liverpool to win the league would be on the, the steps of the European High Court after a prolonged legal battle, whether it's in two, three years, whatever, that, that's the ideal set of circumstances. If not, then it's I, I'll, I'll quite happily embrace Asterix FC or the tainted title or whatever our, our, our rivals want to, want to dress it up as. Let's embrace it. Brilliant. Even better. Fantastic. In the day, it's going to read 19 league titles, isn't it? Can't say I'll be. I can't say I can join you and say that I'll be massively enthusiastic as as a man sitting here waiting for a windfall off them to win the league. So <laughs> yeah, I'd rather us. I'd rather us either win it behind closed doors. But I am, I am getting to a place where I'm sort of starting to agree with the likes of Aguero showing concerns, and I think it's a little bit hypocritical of me to not have been in a shop since the start of March. And mm. hardly been outside the garden to be telling Aguero and Premier League footy players that they need to get the show back on the road, you know? Yeah, but it's it, obviously the likes of Aguero and, and other Man City fans have got a hidden agenda, really, haven't they? I don't know. being so far clear. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I know um, our, our mayor, Joe Anderson, chipped in. He thinks it's a disgrace if it restarts. Dangerous. Did you catch that? Chipped in, yeah. Ch- Al Chippy said chipped in, yeah. <laughs> he did, yeah. He did, but did you make that? Did you catch any of that? Well, no, what, 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 what I thought was particularly funny, and he obviously falls into this category, but um, obviously France announcing over the course of the past week that they'll be cancelling the season. Yeah. Which which was met with, 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 with what seemed just massive adulation from the, the blue part of the city. Oh, fantastic decision to obviously cancel the league putting people's affairs, people's health and blah, blah, blah. And then less than, than 24 hours, the opinions completely changed when they found out that PSG had been, had been awarded the league and, and crowned <laughs> as champions. Uh, and they were being blasted for it from uh, from the blue part of the city, which I thought was uh, which was quite funny, obviously. It just shows the, the fickle nature of not really just Everton fans, but, but football fans in general, really. So, as I say, if, if we are awarded it, then rightly so. It's been one of the most decisive Premier League campaigns, probably the most decisive Premier League campaign of all time. And then if people want to band us as Asterix FC, tainted title, whatever, we'll welcome that. Short, very short. He went from heavyweight champ to convicted felon. Now Mike Tyson wants to reinvent himself this time as the country's new king of cannabis. Is this the California gold rush right here? The California weed rush. Let's see what your vision looks like. We met up at his company's headquarters in Southern California, a state where pot is legal. And Tyson hopes to build a marijuana empire from hemp-infused drinks and muscle pain ointments. Introducing Copper Gel. Copper Gel works fast. To packaged weed sold under his new brand, Tyson Ranch. Iron Mike says for over a decade, he smoked pot to ease his chronic pain from boxing, his debilitating social anxiety, and his anger management issues. Look at me now, you don't see me hear about me in the paper, being doing crazy stuff like I used to do. Um, I think weed is the miracle drug of the future. I thought you might get onto the Blue Boys um, today again. You'd kind of step back a little bit away from it last week, but what did you make of them talking to Mike Tyson over a shared sponsorship as a... Uh, Bill Kenwright been blazing up during the 
during the lockdown. <laughs> you lad, you laughed at a lightning. Yeah, this is this is news to me. Like, what's this? Apparently, apparently they're talking with Tyson <laughs> over his cannabis company. Think they're called Swiss X. Like, I don't even know how it works. It's not. Like, cannabis isn't legal here. I don't know why they'd want to sponsor sponsor a Premier League football team, but by all accounts, yeah, they're in progressed and later negotiations with Swiss X over over sponsoring Everton shirt next season or the season after. It's just uh, <laughs> they've got an affiliation with uh, with professional boxers though, haven't they? With uh, with Rocky being a uh, being an Everton fan, like Riddick Bow is an Everton fan as well. I know you, <laughs> I know you don't do social media, but I did put a post up about Riddick Bow possibly uh, insinuating that he might be coming after you with your takes on Everton. Bring it on, Riddick! Yeah, bring it on, no problem. Big Daddy, you fancy your chances? No, but you, you just, uh, obviously not, but um, you just mentioned there about I'm not on social media. I've still uh, been using me, me, Louise's Instagram just to obviously monitor uh, followers or, or lack of, really, on our on our Instagram page. And I was pretty embarrassed to say that. What have we got, 55 followers? <laughs> I think we might be into the 60s now, uh, by the time this is. Hopefully, maybe have, 70. Have, have you not heard of self-promoting? What's up with you? It's basically you're the person to drive this forward. I'm not on social media. It's not I can do. I can text a few family members or mates or whatever. You're on social media, mate. You need to be doing a better job, to be honest with you. So you want me to record, sound, edit, do the intro, which I absolutely hate, and then I'm responsible for, for numbers and growth? I, I, I well, but what do you want me to do? I'm the entertainment at the end of the day. And, I, and I'm, I'm sort of giving you my time here every week, which is eating to me work. And I was not getting paid for it, other than a, a microphone, which we obviously touched on. I just would have would have expected more than 50 odd followers on an Instagram page. And as I say, it was, I was embarrassed to the point where I was thinking of canning it, to be honest with you. I was thinking of just doing it completely. But we'll, we'll give it a few more weeks anyway, see if we can get the, those numbers up. But... I mean, it's early. It's very early days, I would say, Pope. We want nice, organic growth. Not into this buying followers and taking adverts out. And to be honest... No, like, we're more of a cult classic, aren't we? Rather than the best sellers. Yeah. To quote Skinny. To quote Skinny, yeah. As you say, there's self-promotion. I'm not great at self-promotion. It, it's a fine line. It's a, f- <laughs> it's a fine line, isn't it? Between, like, you know, coming confidence and begging. Come and have a look at us. You know, we're funny. But on the flip side of that, though, Steve, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that we've had what over a thousand listens to our uh, our episode so far, which was uh, which was a bit more like it. Yeah, I think we've had about twenty odd downloads in, in Belgium, which is quite interesting. Could that be something to do with <laughs> the Club Bruges conversation? Basking in their in their handout title, maybe I don't know. Seems a bit weird, doesn't You're it? You serious? We've had twenty listens in Belgium. That's that's mad. But, so basically, are you able to say from the data where the downloads are being made from yeah. in terms of geographical regions within the UK, and then or, or just just break it down by country? No, it gives you country. It gives you all the country listens and all that on the uh, fantastic platform that is Captivate. Yeah, yeah, nice plug there. So basically. The rest of so the thousand or so whatever is is the UK, but then mm. Belgium. Have we have we branched out into any other countries like or not? I find it mad as well because I, I think you called them bizarre, and you'd always thought the Belgians were 
Well, fucking nuts it might have been. Uh, don't Crazy quote bastards, me. yeah, yeah. Crazy bastards. So maybe but... I need to, yeah, I need to add the uh, the Belgians on my list of uh, people to, to, to be uh, looking out for, really, when I'm going for my daily jog. Maybe you're developing hate figure status over there, yeah, in, uh, in the likes of Antwerp and Anderlecht, possibly. <laughs> Tell you what, great beers over there, mate. Great beers. Fantastic beers. But to be honest with you, I think the problem is I'm a bit of an anti-social social media user. I kind of want to get me stuff up there, design me little stupid posts and, and get out of there. I think it's in the name, isn't it? Social media. You've got to kind of interact and get involved with people and, and whatnot. But you can't entertain people's nonsense, though, lad, can you? Let's be honest. One of the main reasons I'm not on social media is just all the nonsense on there. and It's, it's mad. It's, it's, it's not something that I've ever... Once it's a source of buying too, like so, I don't blame you being an anti-social social media user. Like, and if I were to ever stray onto social media, I know obviously I've dipped so into the water with the with TikTok, but if I was getting to get into the mainstream social media, then uh, yeah, I think I'd be following suit. To be honest with you, is this what you're open for? I want to know what you what your show goals are. What what are you what are you aiming for with this? Because for me. Like fame and uh, and being recognised anywhere, I can't think of anything anything worse. Like the the thousand that I downloads concerns me already. I, I'm I was honestly I was thinking of going the other way. I might make the Instagram group private and like stunt the growth before <laughs> it starts. No, no, that's not the notoriety. I'm quite a private person, as you can probably tell, with with not being on social media. But there's there's obviously financial financial incentives there. Oh, is that what um, it is? A-I-D-A, attention, interest, decision, action. Attention, do I have your attention? Interest, are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You close or you hit the bricks. Decision, have you made your decision for Christ? An action. A-I-D-A, get out there. You got the prospects coming in. You think they came in to get out of the rain? A guy don't walk on the lot lest he wants to buy sitting out there waiting to give you their money. Are you going to take it? Are you man enough to take it? Of course, yeah, yeah. That's, let's be honest. That's it. That's my main motivation with anything in life. So I'm thinking Endgame, potentially we can get some sort of sponsor, <clears throat> Bethred, William Hill, and then obviously we can, uh, yeah, be, be, be financially rewarded handsomely. Is, is is my sort of uh, naive long-term goal, at least. William Hill would be nice, like, you know, a little bit back for our own investments, wouldn't it? Well, now we've got a vested interest in the company and we were basically shareholders, then I'd like to think that they, they likewise shows a little bit of uh, bit of support, really. Yeah, we need to look into that. Just staying, on, dream. Just staying on social media and, and accounts. It was brought to me attention that Kevin Campbell's quite quite out there with his opinions on Liverpool and, and Tottenham, obviously from his old Arsenal days. He might be worth checking out for you, having a having a little look at Campbell. He, he's basically the, the blue version of Pope by the sound of things. Oh really, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Liverpool memes. Awesome. Liverpool memes on the regular. And it, it got me thinking. I know between uh, between ourselves we've spoke about possibly looking at bringing in guests here and there. Is, that, is he the first one we should go after? Kevin Campbell, maybe? Would you fancy going head-to-head with uh, the old Everton target man? Of course I would, yeah. I'd be keen to know more about his, his pre-match diet and his pre-match ritual. Remember, remember his, he didn't used to eat a bucket of chicken nuggets before every game? Yeah, that would probably be... That was the first question that popped into my head, was did, yeah. you, did you actually have 40 chicken nuggets? Were they made on site or were they brought in from one of the big boys? Like, yeah, it's, it's a strange pre-match meal, that, isn't it? 
Try and get him on, yeah, big Kev, yeah. You've already scraped the barrel with Trisha Goddard anyway, so so what's what what, what is it to lose like? <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely lambasted poor Trish there. You'd be adding that out, yeah. Keep it in your coward. Um, oh my god, brilliant. On the, on the subject of Everton. I'd, I'd, I'd literally, uh, I, was, I was going for a run the other day. Obviously, we touched on in previous episodes my uh, my lockdown diets and uh, what it consists of, and obviously breaking toilet seats and what have you. So, with that in mind, I've, I've sort of been up and meeting the exercise routine. So, I'm pretty much going for a for a five k run. Certainly, most days, minimum five six times a week. And I was out last week, and I was running, and I ran past some some fellow, and he automatically caught me attention. Basically, he was wearing. Vintage Everton shorts. So just straight away, just seeing the Everton badge nowadays, I've just got like a heightened sense of, of paranoia as it is anyway. And he was rocking a like a Denver Broncos, like tracky top. Um, so it was a little bit of like a big Duncan Peyton Manning hybrid wow. type of thing. If, if you can if you can picture that, certainly not something you'd expect to see gracing the uh, the pavements of, of Bro Green. Well, yeah, round Bro Green, you would just wouldn't expect a Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos anything, would you? Really, round, round, broad, green. Did you start? No, so it got, me, it got me thinking anyway. I was thinking, what, what, you know what I mean? What's, what's this? It's an interesting fashion hybrid. And I was thinking to myself, of all the interesting fashion hybrids of, of years gone by, the first thing which, which sprung to mind was your, um, do you remember your, uh, your old, cheap, metallic gold Barcelona tracky top that you used to wear at the town? With a pair of, uh, pair of Adidas... Gumpsworthy and um, Forest Hills, I believe. Forest Hills, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was an absolute tremendous outfit, that. Pope, you kidding me? It was actually, that was actually our John's. I think that's the one item of our John's that I've robbed over the years. It was actually John's top and it went missing. Some bird, some bird nabbed it, I think, by the looks of things. Well, and, that's some bird. I don't remember you blagging any birds in it, which is something I was going to come on to. So basically, for anyone listening, just to paint a picture, you've got some, how would you describe it? Like cheap would obviously be in the description. As I say, metallic gold. It was gold. Zip up, Barcelona tracky top with jeans and, and, and your forest hills. Outstanding. Look, I'd step out in it tomorrow. It, it'd be my first outfit out of isolation, I think, would be that ideal oh, fantasy really? wise. Okay. Yeah. It very yeah. much had a look of the uh, Jimmy Savile's about it, like, which obviously 15, 20 years on is certainly not a, not a look you want to be going with. Say what you want about Savile. Obviously, he was. Uh... And that's probably not the, the greatest opening line to a, to a statement, is it? Say what you want about Savile, but he done a lot of bad stuff. But casually, I think he was quite ahead of the game, wasn't he? Style-wise, would you not say? Well, didn't you go to a fancy dress party once as Jimmy Savile? I did, yeah, I did. This was before shit hit the fan with the allegations. I don't know, you know, it doesn't seem like that long ago to me. No, no, it was, yeah. It was, it was early 2000s, wasn't it, I think? About 2003 or four. I think it was a charity... Did you wear your cheap tracky top? I wore... <laughs> no, I didn't. It was a full, it was a full Savile tracksuit. How mad's that sound that they used to do? Yeah, yeah. That they used to do Jimmy Savile tracksuits. You could go and be Jimmy Savile. You could go and hire out a Jimmy Savile tracksuit. <laughs> that just seems so wrong now, doesn't it? <laughs> You could have saved yourself a few quid, lad, and just wore the Barcelona tracky top anyway. <laughs> <laughs> lad, that was a mad party, that, do you remember it? It was nuts, lad, yeah. It was wild, yeah, yeah. I think we were I think we were experimenting. I know you've said about 
no drug talk on the podcast. I think we were experimenting with narcotics a little bit back then, possibly in the early days. Yeah, it was a strange do, wasn't it? I remember at one point being stood at the bar and I literally, I had Adolf Hitler to me left, Ted Bundy to me right and Osama Bin Laden behind me. Wow. It was as if I was being sandbagged by some of the most evil people of all time. It sounds like a mate of ours fantasy dinner party, that, doesn't it? (laughs) You, Bundy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think I pissed it. I think me mum walked in on me pissing in me bin in me room that night in full Savile kit with a cigar in probably not a good look is it for your man to walk where, in where, on that where was the cigar exactly <laughs> yeah that wasn't an uh, that wasn't a euphemism <laughs> when you were small did you ever want to be the prime minister no when i was small I don't think one ever thought that there could ever be a woman Prime Minister of Britain. You know, we didn't, Jimmy, in those days, did we? No, but we always hoped. We always hoped, all right. You see, women have come on so much during my lifetime, I still haven't quite made it to number 10 Downing Street, but I just hope that I'll do one day. The young people have had such a marvellous time. These badges are Jim will fix it badges, you see, that when they've had it fixed for them, they get them awarded. So might I ask you to just hand them one each and then... Of course. Really? Yeah. Don't I get one? Well, actually... I thought you were going to fix my getting into number 10. I've already done so, but I was going to see you privately about that because I wouldn't want too many people to realise how I'd done it. Because they could all finish up with being prime Then you'll give me a Jim. Jim has fixed it for me. Let's get into a more sinister, serious mode. I didn't really want to talk about this anymore. I think we spent a lot of time on it last last week. I don't think we can not address Joe Biden's sexual assault case, can we? Again, enlighten me. Don't know anything about it, to be honest with you. Well, there's been murmurings, lad. There's been murmurings, I think, in January, was it? Maybe last year or March last year. I think eight women come forward with varying, various complaints about his actions as a senator. Some of the bits where the allegations included that he'd kissed them on the back of the head, he'd rub noses against them or hugged them, <laughs> or hugged them for just a little bit too long was one of the complaints. Uh, All seems perfectly acceptable to me, right? I'm not too sure, you know. Uh, Do you think, I, I mean... I can't think of a woman I've touched who I, or wasn't romantically or, or sexually connected to, really. Unless it's, you know, it's a family was, member and you're hugging. Well, or... I was going to say, yeah, does that include your mum, does it? I'm quite a cold guy, like, I, I'm more, I'm more of, the, uh, of the Larry David school when it comes to, when it comes to interaction with, with anyone, really. I'm pretty, pretty standoff guy, but, yeah, lad, the allegation come out, apparently a podcast's come out with Tara Reid, not the one from... American Beauty and The Big Lebowski, uh, another Tara Reid who'd, who'd worked for him when he was a senator. Yeah. And she's basically, she came to deliver him a gym bag and she apparently said, I'll read the quote here, Popey. He just had me up against the wall and the wall was cold. And I remember it all happened at once. The gym bag, I don't know where it went. I handed it to him, it was gone. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes, Reid said, he went down my skirt, but then up inside it, and he penetrated me with his fingers. Oh wow! Okay, so when you when you when you first opened with this, you were talking about kisses and cuddles and all that. I was thinking, like, it's not not too bad. We're not talking about statutory rape here, like no. But 
obviously that 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 sort of brings a new dynamic to it. The fact he's uh, he's fisting it in his office is it? Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly adds, adds another layer to it. Really. Um, at the same time, though, she could be uh, she could be a Republican. You never know. Could be a smear campaign. There's a lot of well various points over the last few episodes. A lot of fake news out there, Stephen. There is. There is, but Joe Biden was very, very vocal about how women need to be listened to over the, remember the Brett Kavanaugh case last year, um, one mm. of Trump's judge, uh, judges. She was actually quite a, a real lefty Democrat, by all accounts, quite a quite an extreme Democrat. So I don't know. It doesn't look good. It's just, what's going on? This fella's come out. What is going on with politicians over there? What are these men up to where they think that this is all right behaviour. And what the fuck is going on that there's no movement in the betting still? He's not he's not moved an inch. Excuse the uh, the unfortunate expression. <laughs> there's an, uh, there's, there's, they need some young blood in the in the political game over in America, I think. Just looking at the most recent election, what was the youngest candidate? Like, Seven teams that anyone even in the sixties? Not in the later stages, no. Between Bernie Sanders and no, no, seventy odd, mid seventies, late seventies. I think Joe Biden. They're all entitled older country club men, aren't they? Really, which which mm. which are just sorts of setting the ways Neanderthals, if you will, really. And I don't think they fucking they give much much thought to uh, to the Me Too movement, do they? No, but I mean, this is who we're putting our faith in going forward. I just can't believe that he's not... We're not. It's, 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 it's a presidential election at the end of the day. Mm. Well, so, I, I am. I, I am. <laughs> well, because of your financial interest. Financially. First thing I'd done was jump on Betfair. I went, let's get out of this. Let's lay him. Because I, I was thinking of backing Trump, because Trump's drifted a little bit himself. But the problem is there, you could lose both ways. What if one of them gets fucking coronavirus and the other gets shacked up for sexual assault? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was looking to lay Biden right away, but he, he's not moved at all. I, I don't know. Give me some advice on this, Popey. Do I, again, excuse the unfortunate expression, but do I ride it out with Biden and, and see where we get? I think so, yeah. Obviously, you mentioned about leaders um, and obviously how they've performed in, in elections that have followed historical events. So I think with that alone, really, and, and the fact that Churchill lost... The, uh, the election after after the day then for that alone I'd, I'd stick with Biden and just try and ride that out really yeah. there's going to be stories mate there's always smear campaigns going on in, in, in elections uh, political elections of course there is you don't know what to believe but I, I, I'd ride it out yeah I certainly think even with his uh, <laughs> with him having early set dementia and these uh, these these potential sexual assaults I wouldn't say charges but, but accusation, accusations that are being made against them I'd say he's still sitting more pretty than, than what Donald Trump has his, his reputation's completely been shot to pieces over the last last couple of weeks, hasn't it? With obviously the uh, the disinfectants and, and everything else he's been going on about. I'd still say he's in a better position probably than Trump. So I'd rather I'll survive as you, yeah. And I think when you've got um when you've got the grab them by the pussy line to go back at, which came out what was it, a week before the last election and he still voted for him plus Donald Trump has been accused of rape 13 times as well wow okay yeah. convicted how many none zero in fairness to him could be, could be a lot of allegations so yeah ride it out with Biden 
Now, Sleepy Joe would say the unemployment rate in the great state of Ohio. No, no, you're in South Carolina. Joe, Joe, you're in South. They come up with you. Ever see the guy? The note? No, no, it's South Carolina. It's not Ohio. Okay. And he goes, all right, Iowa. Did you say Iowa? No, no. I did that like seven times. If I did that once, it would be the end of the road, right? Be the end of the road. They'd say Trump has lost it. They like to say that anyway, I guess. Huh? These people are bad people. Oh, Sleepy Joe. Oh, he's running tomorrow. No, but could you imagine if I said just a small fraction of the mistakes he makes, which are unbelievable, every speech. I actually said the other night, I was watching him when he said about half the population wiped out with guns. I said, I said, that's a horrible thing. That's the end of his evening. That's the end of his political career. And then after the debate, they're reviewing him. They said, Joe Biden had a great night last night. I don't get it, Tim. Have any of our politicians, I know we touched on Matt Hancock there, have any of our politicians caught your eye this week? The boy Boris having a baby? Well, yeah, have you seen the end on it? <laughs> Scotty Pippin job. Kids born with a cat wig. No, I haven't seen it. Blonde, I'm presuming. Just an absolute monstrosity, yeah. It just, just basically, there's no two ways about it. It's certainly Boris's kid, yeah, poor kid. Apparently, apparently, the, the reason he's called it Wilfred, which is certainly an interesting name choice, was that was the uh, doctor who saved his life. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to get onto this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more likely that he's a uh, that he's a secret palace fan, fan on the slide. To be honest with you, that's that's what I took from it more so than, than somebody who, who saved his life. Either way, the kid's not got much time for him with a name like Wilfred and a head on him like that. I just think he, I think he's hammering it up, isn't he, with this, with this naming them after the NHS workers. I've seen some of the headlines already doing the rounds. They were ready to pronounce him dead. He needed liters and liters of oxygen. Heady plays, lad. It's like something from the. Credit first. where it's due. Who was the first person to pick up on this on this very podcast? Yeah, yeah. You said they'd spin it, didn't you? Of course, you knew they would. Of course, it's just a, it's a massive sympathy point. and and it's clearly working. And as I say, not necessarily knocking it. It's, it's a bit of a heady play and. Ultimately, we'll know whether or not it's it's working or during the next general election. But yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not buying it. As if I've made me, me thoughts perfectly clear on this, controversial or not. Just wanted to know your thoughts first of all on the uh, the now Colonel Tom Moore. He, you know, the the old guy who was shuffling around his garden on his Zimmer frame. Okay, so it's not the NHS. I'm sensing in, in the tone of your voice, it's not the NHS clap this week. You're going after the no, colonel. No, me, 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 me new bone of contention, really, is, is he's known to the general public as Captain Tom Moore, but I've seen over the past week that he's he's, he's been promoted to colonel Tom Moore, which, which I thought was a little bit a little bit OTT, to say the least. I was thinking about this. He's an old guy. He's had a long life, I'd imagine. Do you think if you were a journalist... Well, let's say you're a journalist. Let's say you're working for the Daily Mail, Popey, at the moment... Say you get yeah. say you get some juice on Colonel Tom. Mm. Are you going to the press with it? Oh, don't doubt, yeah, of course. Really, you put it out there. Let's say he's, let's say there's some dates on him from a, the time he served in Northern Africa or India. Maybe maybe something to do with brothels. Say if, let's let's throw children in there for good measure. You're taking that to the nation at the, in the current climate. I think there's enough dates on him as it is, rather than having to make things up. Just cons. People out to thirty million pound for for what 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 did he do? Do a few laps of his garden? 
on a Zimmer frame. It's hardly Everest, is it? <laughs> oh, come on. Credit where it's due, surely. Come on, Stingham, come on. Even, so basically, he done it with a Zimmer frame, so he's got a walking aid. So is that not technically classed as cheating anyway? What do you want to see? Do you want to see deductions from the donations, do you? Do you want to see, like, a fine? It's not the NBA. It's not the fucking NFL. Do you want to see the commissioner come down on him? No, I just think us Brits love a charitable cause, don't we? Let's be honest. And I just think as, as feet go, whether he's 100 or not, doing a few laps of your garden on a Zimmer frame hardly constitutes as uh, as an achievement, let alone an achievement which has is, which is raised, what, well, more than 30 million and donations, he's now been promoted to Colonel, he's had the number one single, or I carry on. Yeah, not for me. If, if I want to part with me hard-earned money, then you've got to give me something more, Captain Tom or Colonel Tom, sorry. You know, at least do it without the walking aid. I don't know, maybe develop a little bit of a trot, a little bit of a slow jog if you can. Moonwalk, I don't know. I, I, I just need something more before I'm going to part with me, me hard-earned money, regardless of, of the cause. But this is coming from the man who can't be nominated for the uh, the NHS 5K because he's not on social media. Has anyone tried on that front with you? Ah, John, actually, not unlike Colonel Tom, and for a, he was then a 32-year-old, he actually done his in the garden, which looked fucking nuts on the app. Yeah, no, I haven't been nominated, but I could do that in my sleep. I do a 5K every day, to be honest with you, so it's hardly something I'd see as a challenge. Like Moses kept the newie over here. <laughs> if it was uh, nominated then yeah I'd probably just decline it anyway to be honest with you <laughs> oh so it is it's for the NHS it's for the NHS yeah it's a 5k for the NHS you, you, you do it you do 5k you donate £5 you nominate five yeah. other people to do it that's the thing Moscow Moscow nominated me our, our friend who never been much of a runner I didn't think Moscow I know he said he had the shin, shin splint problems and I didn't actually <laughs> didn't actually see the data of the 5K. Oh, I did. I did. I think he was knocking on 40 minutes, to be honest with you. Was he? Yeah, okay. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe, may, maybe. So we were having a bit of a laugh about that. I was obviously telling him Arlie, he could do it quicker than that. Arlie, he's obviously just thought. He's still convinced he, he, he could, to be honest with you. So, um, hey, listen, yeah, listen, at least he got out there. At least Moscow got out there and, and raised... Raise some money for a good cause, you he know. He got stuck in, yeah. And, he, and, 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 and hey, Moscow, you finally had the shows out on the pod. I know it's something you've been pining for the last uh, the last few weeks. Bit of a uh, bit of notoriety, bit of recognition. So uh, here's, your, uh, here's your 30 seconds of glory, mate. On behalf of Blue Peter and our wonderful audience, we'd like to award you with our highest accolade, which is a gold Blue Peter badge. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. Thank you very much, Sam. I'm very proud to receive that because I've always been a great follower of Blue Peter. I remember the elephant, which, which was shot a few years ago. It was so, iconic. <laughs> so thank you very much indeed. I really am delighted to have this. Speaking of shout outs, I wanted to give, well, I wanted to get into a topic that Mark Davis sent me, mutual friend. Of ours and a yeah. and loyal listener, he sent me an. That's a few shout outs this week, isn't it? We've had Moscow, we've had said. Well, I'd like to, I'd like a bit more of that. If people want to get in touch on the Instagram, I'd like a little bit more questions uh, and topics. Uh, if... uh, uh, no, I'd rather just keep it between us. Thanks. Okay. I mean, this is what I mean. You're te- you're telling me to grow the thing. You don't even want interaction from from our listeners now. As I say, just 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 financial incentives. What's what's driving? Driving those thoughts anyway, so but go on. Well, that's what I wanted. I wanted to get onto Todd Cheeseman's um, financial incentives. Um, Ted Cheeseman, you mean? Sorry, what did I say? Todd Cheeseman, 
Hodge Cheeseman, Jesus Christ. Christ Sounds Almighty. like a family guy kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Quagmire at the moment, as you've uh, referenced <laughs> earlier on. <laughs> but Ted Cheeseman, yeah, he sent me a, a big article on the BBC about his gambling addiction. And, you know, we're obviously joking about gambling. We're talking about Davies and whatnot. I think yeah. as, as we're doing a betting broadcast, we should probably say that there are people who, who do struggle out there with gambling. And obviously... Obviously, Ted Cheeseman's come out. It's a great article, lad, you know, if you can check it out. Basically saying um, the last five grand he had to his name, he bet before the night before the weigh-in of his European title fight against that Garcia lad he fought. He's just basically done loads. And he's a year now without gambling. He had a bet on the Grand National the year before was his was his last bet. I hope it was Tiger Roll. Like, probably not. If he, uh... Well, probably not. No, no, he's in financial ruin. Like, you'd, you'd think not. Did it... it, it... So basically, I'm interested to know that last five grand he had. What did he bet on exactly? He bet on. Wait, there one sec. Hope he's sorry, lad. All right, you will be. I had to. The fucking dog was in there. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Where were you, there, lad? Sorry, you saying about cheeseman? I'm old, your dog, by the way. <laughs> it's getting off. seven or eight now, I think. No, gotta be much older than that. Like, still farting dust. No, no, it's not Penny, lad. It's a new one. Fucking hell, Penny snuffed it about a decade ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ted Cheeseman. So what was his last five grand on, mate? I think he was a man of horses and, and roulettes and, and whatnot. He was basically, basically everything. But one of the gambling, one of the reach-out companies was saying that there's, there's 300,000 problem gamblers in the UK by all accounts. Which is quite okay. quite an astounding figure. They said a lot of people have dropped off, and it's actually been a good thing. The lockdown and no sport being on has obviously it's seen improvements in some people. But some people have fell deeper into it, just betting on betting on all sorts of shit, as you say, cartoon racing, poker, casino online. It's just madness, isn't it? It's it, as it, sad as it is. Though it's music to me is now. Obviously, with with with, with us having a business interest in the uh, in the gambling industry that we've never had before, with being obviously the William Hill shares so rightly or wrongly and as unethical as it sounds like that's 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 music to my ears to be honest with you <laughs> wouldn't you rather more people get into it for a prolonged period of healthy gambling pursuits no no you just want a bunch of Davies to jump on with William Hill is, is that your is that your goal ultimately, ultimately they're more susceptible yeah yeah to, to, to sort of bet higher sums and, and be a little bit more erratic with the betting patterns you would have thought so um uh, yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, the more Ted Cheesemans that are in the world, the better for us, really. Oh, my God. That's, this is really not, not the avenue I thought we'd go down when it brought up <laughs> problem gambling. You've actually spoke about your your problem gambling, lad, and, and me, myself, I went to a meeting. Did I ever tell you about that when I was, like, 22? I think I'd, um, I'd broke a laptop or smashed a phone <laughs> or something after a particularly bad Liverpool result. You have told me about it, but, yeah, but just, just uh, yeah... Repeat yourself or go over it again just for the benefit of anyone listening. Well, it was it was, it was was a bit of an eye-opener, lad. You know, I was definitely gambling too much at the time as a young kid working in the industry. My moods were changing and I was I was aggro when I was losing. I wasn't letting it go over my head. Taking a loss badly, a little bit like the GOAT, MJ, I'd imagine. I was quite competitive mm. with it. Um, and okay. it was to appease my ex-missus, to be honest with you. She was like, look, I think you should do something about it. So I went and it was an eye-opener, lad. Fellas who couldn't walk past the fruit machine without putting the wage in or like yeah, the money. In all honesty, I had to make an excuse and get out early because during the meeting, I'd had a text for a tip saying that VJ Singh had win his free ball. <laughs> 
in the Honda Cla- <laughs> the Honda Classic, I think it was. So I had to make me excuses. You know, you know, I took what I took from it, but I did back VJ and he did win, lad. So we're gonna have did a last go Nah, and it was one and off. It was one and off. And I am always still trying to refine me betting, lad. As I said about like about last Easter, I had a meltdown, lost a right few quid after winning a a right few bob the month before. And we're always trying to refine, but I think I'm more of the notion of improving something that you enjoy and you want to continue in your life rather than abstinence and completely and completely writing it off. So was your, was your epiphany you know, the cartoon racing in your, in your Mars living room by any chance? I don't think we were on cartoon racing, you know, I think it was American racing. Oh, it was actually, yeah, but you're just betting on numbers, aren't you? Let's be honest, you know what I mean? You yeah, got no you flags, are, you got, and I think, got any names or, or silks, you know what I mean? It's just literally pick a number. I think we had one winner, Jesse's Got a Fever, didn't we? I always remember the commentary standing out and here it comes, Jesse's Got a Fever. <laughs> That was the the one taste we got, the one winner we got, and then I think we lost the uh, we lost the rest of our our wage. Then. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, with me when it comes to betting, to be honest with you. Mm. Blazing Dynamo still has ten lengths to go, but Blazing Dynamo is starting to come alive as the field turns for home. They ran three quarters in one on nine and three. And Teddy now has a narrow lead coming into the final furlong, but they've been running in a grueling clip. On the far outside, Blazing Dynamo is just gobbling up the turf with every stride. Key Event is coming through on the rail. Holiday Trip is there on the outside. And here comes Slambino! Slambino won! He's 88 to 1! Blazing Dynamo was second, close for third. Mm-hmm. Did, so did, did you not have a dabble on the American stuff the weekend yourself? There was the... Uh... The Georgia, the Georgia Derby, I think it was. Was that a class one over the weekend just gone? No, I can't say. I, 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 my sort of mindset, mindset has changed slightly now. Obviously, with, with all being just a little little dabble, like I've only got a thousand shares, like so, we'll be retiring soon on that. Like, but I, I sort of my mindset's changed slightly now. Obviously, I've invested in the William Hill shares, so I'm sort of seeing myself on the other side, the fence rather mm. than being set losing money. Just focus more so on the shares. I'll still have a little dabble every now and then, but maybe not to the uh, degenerate extensive of, 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 of before. The poacher has become the gamekeeper, has he? Yeah, by the sound of things, possibly. Poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're getting the, on the. Has become the hunter. Mm, I tried to. I had a little look. I had a little look over the races myself, but there was a. There was a two to five favourite, and there was a. You might know the horse lad Nadal. Do you know Nadal? That one, I think that won the second half of it. They had to split the race. There was twenty four entries into the race, so they had to split it in two for social distancing. I struggled. I couldn't get an angle. It, it was quite alien to have the racing post app up and looking at cards and whatnot. Are you a little bit worried about that lad? Of when you do actually come out and it is time to have a bet, say at a at an Ascot or an Aintree, that you'll have a bit of bet rust kicking about, maybe. I've always got betting rust, regardless of, of the break, to be honest with you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not new there, yeah. I shouldn't be saying this with with, with obviously given a, a bet or a tip of a week, given the uh, given how convincing I've sound when I've been putting horses up. Yeah, Cheltenham, Cheltenham sort of broke me to be honest. Enjoy the chase, to be honest with you. Just just give you something to uh, to get involved with, really. So, yeah, not not no concerns on that front. But it clearly sounds as though uh, you've you've got got more issues than what I have. When it comes to uh, to losing your touch, so to speak. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, we were, we were playing the Antiques Roadshow game on Sunday. 
No state. Is that a regular fixture in the Ayrton household now? It is. It's become a regular fixture. We're getting our competitive juices going on that. There was no stakes this time, but... Did your ma get involved, like, or just you and John? She's having a go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's chipping in me, ma. But thank God there was no stakes. There was this ancient caution that they used to use in the community. Like, if you you were kind of the community leader, if you had this, this lovely carved, handmade, I guessed 12 grand. Valuation wise, it was it was worth hundred and fifty quid according to the expert. <laughs> so I'm a little bit concerned if that's anything to go by. I'm a little bit, little bit worried to be honest with you that that the rust is very much set in. So a co- so basically, when you say a cost is basically just a piece of wood. Piece of wood, yeah, yeah, twelve grand. Well, you did it twelve thousand. Wow, okay, incredible. Did you want to get into them? The better the week, Pope. Are you ready to uh, to emerge yourself in that or? How could you tell? Yeah, I've already invested enough time in today's episode. Been arduous, yeah. hasn't it? Getting a bit, getting a bit cranky, but edgy, to be honest with you. So the sooner we can just crack on with it and get it, get it over and done with, the better, really. Well, my bet of the week, actually, for once, is on this weekend's action, UFC two forty nine. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, quite, quite unusual for me. Uh, I wouldn't class myself as an MMA expert by. Are you more of a boxing man yourself? Of course I am, but I am gradually getting into it a little bit more. I like the cards. I like the ranking system. I like the the champions have got nowhere to hide, basically. If someone's ranked enough to fight you, the fight will be made. It's probably not what you want to hear for someone about to tip up an 8-11, to 11, uh, that they're not really an expert in the field. But I do think Anthony Pettis this weekend... Eight to eleven, yeah. Anthony Pettis this weekend. For anyone, for any short backers, it's probably a little bit too short for most. But I think Anthony Pettis. Statements, yeah. You're needing the bother, to be honest with you. you. Should have just kept that one in your, uh, yeah, in your locker, really. Well, eight to eleven. Think well, anyone's going to be breaking the bank on that one, are they? Well, you say this, you say this, but maybe, maybe people haven't been going out as much. Maybe they'd have spent uh, fifty-five quid on pints over the weekend, or maybe a hundred and ten on the month. Who knows? Depending on who the drinker is, and maybe they'll want to invest that and make a little eighty quid, possibly. I, I think. I don't. So they're, so they're going to listen to to a renowned boxing purist and a self-proclaimed in the past, a self-proclaimed non-fan of, of MMA. I think you've been quite vocal about. You. Your, your opinions of, of MMA and UFC as a whole in the past. So interesting that you've now become a little bit of a turncoat and <laughs> asking people or, or you're advising people to, to part with their well-earned money on an 8-11 to 11 shot. I think you should be uh, ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have shifted somewhat, haven't I? I had quite the Bernard Hopkins take on the uh, on the UFC back in the day. I thought it was quite homoerotic and, uh, and whatnot. Everybody, everybody's different. I don't want to watch two grown men with panties on <laughs> wrestling i mean i'm from the hood I, we don't we don't play that we don't to me i'm not buying a ticket to watch two men with panties on sweating you know what i mean nuts in their face i'm that's not me so to compare that to boxing compare that to boxing is ludicrous to compare ufc and the maa to boxing based on the whole cosmetic of it to me, it's a, it's a porno. It's a porno. It's a porno. It's, a, it's an entertainment porno. <laughs> I'm wrestling with a guy with my panties on. I got a nuts in my face. And he call that a sport. Yeah, I've come a long way from there. and Another sexual reference state, bloody hell. You're piling them up today, Yeah, mate. I'm struggling, aren't I, obviously, as you can see. I am, I am struggling <laughs> <laughs> on that front. I'll take anything as well. Men, women, whatever. Whatever you can throw at me, like. 
Unbelievable. 8 to 11, okay, won't be getting involved with that. Have you got anything else? Well, 8 to 11, yeah, but I, I mean, let me just let me just break it down a little bit. It's a rematch, this, from 2013. I have since watched the fight, the fight, the first one. He basically bladdered the cowboy. Cowboy fought McGregor last time and got absolutely shit-canned. Um, he's lost three on the bounce now. It's up at 170. He's which, a mess, isn't he? Yeah. Cerrone's like, a mess. Did you watch the Cerrone? Gone into the game, like... Yeah, I mean Pettis has lost two on the bounce as well. I think Ferguson put him out with a with a chokehold last fight, but good Ferguson though, mate. He's yeah, you know what I mean. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. And by all accounts, at one seventy should suit Cowboy, but it sounds like from what I've seen and what I'm reading, Pettis starts early, Cowboy starts slow. I just don't see how it's gonna be after he's been webbed everywhere by McGregor last fight. I just see it being heavy for him. Early, and I think he gets back back to winning ways. It's a three point win for me. So if you stay, if you have a staking system, it's a three point win for me. Uh, eight to eleven, like yeah, that's my first one. Yeah, that's interesting. So so just 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 mention to anyone who's listening, staking system. So what do you mean by three point win? Well, people who people who might regularly have a ten pound stake. So that might be that might be a thirty pound bet for them. If you bet in hundreds from a hundred pound stake, that'd be three hundred. Quite a simple basic staking plan, really. You know. Okay. So no, not good. I'll be having like I'll be having three points on on Petters, yeah, at eight to eleven. Sure. I like the staking system. Uh, I don't necessarily like the selection, but yeah, one out of two is not too bad. It's not. We'll take that. that that's that's high uh, high praise from you. I think Popey, one out of two and not bad. I'll definitely take that. What about yourself? Like, yeah, you it's, got... it's as good as you're going to get out of me, really, yeah. And what was the other one you mentioned there? Did you insinuate that there was potentially another second selection? There is another one, Popey. It's NFL again. I know I think we've bored, our, bored some of our listeners, non-American um, football listeners. Hello, Dowie. Yes, hello again, Dowie. Yeah, I think we've bored them to death a little bit with the NFL talk at times. So I'll make it swift, but the okay. NFL run a, a comeback player of the year market every year. So for the players who've been injured, who've been retired, who've maybe had something go on in their lives, um, overcome some difficulties, if they have the standout big season response to that gets the award at the end of the year and they actually take bets on it nowadays. So we spoke about okay. Rob Gronkowski last week coming back and out of retirement. He's now the 4-1 to one favourite in the market. We've actually already tipped Nick Foles. The Chicago Bears quarterback. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was Folsey. We've tipped the forty to one. He's as short as nine to one in some places now, as he's definitely gonna be the Bears starting quarterback. But um this yeah. week we're gonna go again on the market. We're gonna have one more play on the market, and it's Alex Smith at sixty to one, a Washington Redskins player. He had a horrendous leg break two years ago. He looked like he was possibly gonna to have to have his leg amputated. He had 17 operations on the injury. Never looked like he was going to walk again, never mind play again, but apparently he's getting close to suiting up. Ready to get after? Yep. All right, let's yep. come on up. About six months and 17 surgeries later, first throw since November 18th, Smith was back on his feet. I mean, I'm pushing sleds and leg pressing and squatting and you know lunging and doing stuff, even with this thing on. At the same time, obviously jonesing to get this thing off my leg and, and uh, take the next steps. Defying the odds for what some say is an impossible NFL comeback. Football might not be out of the question. You know, can I go play quarterback again? Can I push Walking. it that far? Yeah, it feels good. Normal, which is good. There's been a few documentaries 
um, made on him recently. He's done a couple of ESPN podcasts. He's doing the rounds. And there is talk that he might get out there on the field. So whether it's a, a token gesture at the end of the season, whether he takes a snap in a, in a non-meaningful game towards the end of the year, we're not too sure. But... I've backed him at 60 to 1. He has actually come into 20 to 1 now and he's as short as 7 to 1. It's basically it's one of our Nikki spots again, this one. He's really good on his long-term NFL stuff. And he basically mm-hmm. thinks as long as he gets on the field and he takes one snap, he has that ball in his hand one time. He, the way he put it was is look, suit him up, do a weekend at Bernie's job. Just make sure he gets out there and we've got a chance at uh, we've got a chance at winning at winning the market. So he's 60 to 1, Alex Smith. Washington Redskins quarterback to be the comeback player of the year next year. Comeback player of the year. What what price is Captain Tom Moore in that market, Steve? <laughs> well, I think you might have to look at the uh, at the other Joe Wicks markets possibly if you if you want a if you want Tom Tom action. But he's he's got all the decorations now anyway, him hasn't he? Well, that, that'll be the next one, yeah. He'll be getting knighted, won't he, at the end of the year, which will just be the tip of the iceberg for me, really. He's got to be short odds on to be knighted, hasn't he, the Colonel? Yeah, for, for shuffling around his garden on his inner frame, yeah, brilliant. Okay. <laughs> uh, interesting that you should double up in, in, in the comeback player of the year, Marcus, obviously with the, with already put Nick, Nick Foles up a couple of weeks ago. Lazy tipping, would you say, from yourself? Possibly. Desperate tipping. There's not much to go up, hope he is there. As I say, I think that's probably... <laughs> Sprung me into a three point win on a on a UFC pick. Uh, you know we're dealing with we're dealing with scraps here, aren't we? I'm just happy to get Slim a, yeah, I'm happy to get a tip up that's going to actually take place, and we can either laugh at it or uh, or revel in it next week on next week's show. Certainly the former of the two, yeah. So what's, <laughs> so what do you think? And then if you if you throw enough shit, some will eventually stick, or what? On the comeback player of the year market. Yeah, yeah. Seems a bit desperate, really doubling up. I think, come on, Poby, cut me some slack. I've tipped a 40 to 1 and a 60 to 1 in the markets. It's not like some people we've known in the past who've backed 15 horses in the Grand National just to say they've they've got the winner, you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you realise how much of a how, how much of a contradiction that sounds? Having just put up an 8 to 11, two minutes prior. <laughs> Look, I know people who've had 12 to 1 winners in a, in a Grand National and the 20 quid down on the race because they've backed 16 horses. <laughs> 40 to 1 and 60 to 1 shouts in a market. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm only yanking your chain, yeah. No, I, I just, obviously, we uh, we mentioned last week that our sorts of tones change, really. We were not as supportive with, with each other's selections, and I'm just sort of carrying on in that same vein, really, with, with this week, yeah. So I expect you to do likewise with, uh, with my tip of the week. Go on then, Poby, throw it at me. What field are we in? No no dedications this, this, this week. So I'm straight off the bat... Goshen for the Ebor is uh, is my tip of the week. So it's a horse racing one, going back to the horse racing. Again, a little bit one-dimensional, but I suppose a little bit more relatable with, with most of our listeners, more so than, than the NFL. Goshen, you may recall, was a strong 5-2 to two favourite, went off for the triumph hurdle at Cheltenham recently. Looked as though it was going to win with its head in its chest, only to fall at the last hurdle through... What I could see more so through jockey error than anything else. Do you recall the race? I do, I do. It was the lead-off horse in my lucky 15 that day, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it was shocking. Oh, right, okay. it, it's, it's a formidable animal, isn't it? And just explain a little bit, Popey, because, Goshen, that was a, a hurdle race, but you're, you're tipping them for a flat race. 
Yeah, Timonifer, one of the big sort of flat handicaps of the year called the Ebor, which is usually quite a competitive race. Just to give you an idea, the its official rating over hurdles is 158. It went off at an official rating of 151 prior to the triumph hurdle. So even though it fell at the last hurdle and lost, given such was the authority of its performance, it's, the handicap has still put it up seven pounds. I think in time, we will see that obviously the triumph hurdle this year is a competitive race. There seems to be a lot of good horses in there. Certainly one of the strongest renewals of the triumph hurdles in recent years. And it looked as though it was going to win with its head in its chest. Oh, Popey, Popey. It, it blew the field away, didn't it? I've not seen a more impressive horse at Cheltenham for a while, I don't think. It, it I don't think away. so either. So you, you would have won 15, 20 lengths, which is oh. on head, obviously, for the Triumph Hurdle. Its trainer, Gary Moore, has said it's, it's easily the best, best horse he's ever trained. And it's run on the flats prior to its uh, season which is just being over the hurdles. It ran on the flat and, and got a pretty good record. It's, ra- it's won three from five. The reason I fancy it for the Ebo is basically it's got stones and stones in hand from what I can see. Its official rating on the flat is 88. But if you think it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit misleading, ratings over the jumps and over the flat, they're not like for like. So actually the, the ratings over jumps or over hurdles are naturally going to be a little bit higher than what they are on the flat. It has potentially got a couple of stone in hand. Gary Moore, so its trainers come out over the last in the last week saying it's going to have a flat campaign targeted at the Ebo. So to actually get into the Ebo field, it's going to have to run once beforehand just to get it to rating up slightly. But even by doing that, it's it's not going to go up a couple of stone on one run alone. You see, mm. so the plan is for it to get in the Ebo, and it's got a couple of stone in hand. It's an absolute freak of the animal, freak of an animal. Currently second favourite for the champion hurdle next year. So champion hurdle winners usually have a rating of 170, 175. So if you use its current rating of 88 for the E-ball, I think it's potentially got stones in hand. What price so are I, we talking, Popey? What price are we well, talking? I was thinking, here? I was thinking five, six to one. And even with that, you'd have a little bit of juice in the price. Uh, it's actually ten to one, as big as ten to one with Bet three six five. And I think Betfair and Paddy Power as well. Although I'll have to double check. But. And it's definitely going there, Pope. It's de- you, you know, I say definite. There's, there's no definite with anti post picks, is there? Because as I say, for people who aren't used to betting on the long term stuff with the horses, if your horse doesn't race, doesn't race, you will lose your stake. Exactly. So I bided my time with it because I was quite keen to know what the plans would be. And if, if you get a chance, just Google Gary Moore or, or, or even the horse named Goshen. On the Google News, you'll see that he's come out in the last week saying the plan is the Ebo, yeah. So now that now that the train is confirmed, yeah, I just think 10 to 1, there's, there's plenty of value in that. And using your current staking system, what would be the maximum? Is it three points? Is that the ceiling or can you go beyond? Oh, Jesus Christ, lad. Now I've had some fucking 50-point goes in, in the past, like, uh, <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah, I don't think there's... I'll go five points. I'll go five points staking system on Goshen for the Ebo. 10 to 1. Each way? No, no, on the nose. It's, it's competitive. It's big field. So it's, it, obviously that presents risk in itself. But I'd be confident and I've been listening to people more in the know than me anyway on certain racing podcasts. Uh, and it's come up time and time again. People keep telling you to get stuck into. And I just think on the ratings alone, it's clearly a horse on the upgrade. Whether or not that, that fall at the last hurdle and the triumph has done any damage to it psychologically, only time will tell. But Gary Moore certainly doesn't think so. And yeah, I just think it's 10 to 1. I think it's uh, it's certainly a price worth getting stuck into. 
It is Goshen now who turns, takes the lead and kicks clear. He's coming across towards the near side rail. Goshen out in front. All mankind is paddling. Aspire Tower. Burning Victory continues to stay on. So too Sir Tycho. They're racing inside the final fill and a half. One more flight to take. It is Goshen and Jamie Moore. They are clear now by 10 widening lengths. The final flight for Goshen. He makes a desperate mistake. He hasn't seated his rider when holding a 10-length lead. All mankind left in front. On the near side, he's burning victory. It's between these two and the filly. Burning victory beginning to surge on towards the line in the hands of Paul Townend. Burning victory has won the JCB Triumph Hurdle. Have you placed the bet yet? I've placed it yet on the nose, yeah. What? Why can't you go each way, Pope? We, we've got into this so many times. You, you, you talk to me about your Cheltenham and saying that you were a little bit too gung-go <laughs> with, with Wimbet. You backed the San Francisco 49ers last season for the Super Bowl. A fantastic shout, 33 to 1. You've done them, oh, to, win. You done them to win it. You'd have, got half, you'd have got half the winnings just for them to get to the Super Bowl. Can you, you've got to learn, this is what I'm saying before, you know, refining your betting. You've got to learn from your mistakes, Pope, can't you? Can you change it to an each way bet, please? Phone them up for me, just in case it comes second by a nose. <laughs> well, I, I'll get more joy knowing I've backed it on the nose if it came second by a nose than if I backed it each way. Live by the sword, die by the sword. I'm a maverick, what can I say? I'm not going to change for you or anyone, sorry. Okay, so let's get out on that note. So it's Goshen for the E-ball. Do it each way. If you're going to follow him in, do it each way. Don't go Popey's way and go on the nose. But yeah, it looks a good price, Popey. I was I was amazed. Will it be? Will it be Jamie? Will it be the son Jamie jockeying up? I mean, was he to blame? Not, eh? Was he to That's blame? Not. Was he to blame for the fall at Cheltenham? I thought he was a little bit eager getting into that last fence. Yeah, his his, his sense of the gravity wasn't it was was questionable to say the least. The way he's handled it post race has been well received. In most corners because he was apologetic and but let's be honest as a point punter who's invested in in the horse in that particular race much good an apology does you at that point can't cash that in at the end of the day can you so you can't uh, no. jamie was not on it because he probably fall coming out the stalls so that's the one sort of thing I'd, I'd, I'd keep in mind really jockey buckins but i think is a redemption mission more so than anything it wouldn't surprise me if he was on it but yeah. that's the only could potentially work against the horse i think Al independent bookmaker Tom Fruit. You can't cash your sorry in with him like on the rails, unfortunately, <laughs> can you? So that's it. Goshen, Ebo, 10 to 1. Get Brilliant. stuck in. Oh, all right, mate. I'll let you get back out. Are you back to work now, are you? I am, mate. Yeah, I'm just going to stop by the Mersey first of all and lash this mic in. Uh, along with your Falcons, bent and slip if you're in. Okay, make, make sure you take your Houston Texans hat with you. Make it a trio. <laughs> yeah. I've got to find some sort of use for it now, haven't I? Yeah. Launch, put the mic in the Texans' ass and just fucking launch it all in. I think that's the way to go about it. Quite symbolic, really, yeah. Just make sure you have the, uh, your, your Falcon's bent slip in there as well. Okay, mate, I will. Love to the family, Popey. I will, uh, I'll catch up with you next week if I don't speak to you before. Yeah, I'm going for a much-needed lie-down now, anyway, yeah. Thanks for your time, as always, bud, and I'll uh, catch up with you See next you week. later, mate. Take it easy. ta mate. See you, mate. Take Bye. it easy. Ta-da. I give y'all four tries to beat mine. One toss. One toss? Yeah. And four tries? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, put your money up first. I've seen it. How much? $20? Yep. <sighs> you can beat that. Four tries. Come on back here. <laughs>